0: Randomness Galore Hi everyone, this is your host Kana back again with another episode of Randomness Galore In today's episode we are going to talk about something which has caused quite a lot of controversy in the times of lockdown The thing that we are going to talk about today is actually a non-essential good, which has caused a lot of chaos, which has seen longer queues than the queues during demonetization. If you guessed this commodity to be alcohol, yes, you guessed it right. I've always been curious about it. Curious about alcohol in general, but never understood it well enough. It is one commodity which has ethanol as its basic compound and it has ingredients which are very common. It has similar looks, similar bottles, and everything seems so similar. Yet one of the bottles commands very high price while the other not so much. Why is it so? And why did government feel it was more important to open the liquor shops than probably Aadhaar card centers? To discuss this and much more, we have with us today Shatranjay. He's an MBA from NITI who hails from the city of schools, Dehradun. He has been collecting whiskey as a hobby for around two years now. And he also takes deep interest in quizzing, teaching, and traveling. Shatranjay, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, hi, hi Kana, hi everyone. So I'm Shatranjay. Uh, so I'll be talking about. Uh, a topic that uh, you know usually affects our lives directly or indirectly.
2: Yeah. So,
1: so I'll I'll start with a very basic thing. That what is alcohol? So if you talk about chemistry, like Kana rightly mentioned, C two H 50 becomes the alcohol or known as ethanol. So just two molecules of carbon, five of hydrogen, and one one of oxy O H combined to form ethanol. Now basically, uh, we can divide this entire a- alcohol spectrum into two groups. So let's them, let's call them team fermented and second team, team distilled. Now team fermented can also be called non-distilled because it is simply not distilled. Right. Uh, so talking about fermented, the basic thing is that we have yeast on one hand and we have sugar on the other hand. Now yeast acts on the sugar or eats the sugar and converts it into two things. One is the carbon dioxide, CO2. And the other is alcohol. So when yeast eats sugar, and it just basically burps the gas CO2 and basically pees, that is the alcohol.
2: Yeah, so this that's is a very,
1: yeah, very simplified yeah. version. And the, the most important thing is that fermentation is a natural thing. It happens all the time. For example, if you have a fruit or an apple that falls from a tree, the wild yeast will come in the air and it will land on it, eat the sugar, And you will have rotten alcoholic apples right there. So this is a very uh, natural process. Now, one important thing here is that when yeast acts on sugar, it releases alcohol. But the concentration of alcohol cannot, can never be more than 10%. And that is because above 10%, the yeast will actually die. So if we talk about the process of making alcohol naturally, we can only attain 10% 10% of the alcohol by volume now here is uh, where the process of distillation comes in so we just what we need is we need a machine that is basically called a still and then we need some sort of chemistry so the basic underlying principle in distillation is that let's say water boils at 100 degrees celsius then alcohol boils much below and it is around at 60 70 degrees celsius so so the the product, uh, the alcohol product and all the non-alcohol components that the output has uh, from fermentation that we will heat. And once we heat, the alcohol boils and it is collected and then it is cooled and condensed. By happening this, what we are essentially doing is, we are separating the two components. So we are separating alcohol and then we are separating the other non-alcoholic components. And once we do that, the concentration of alcohol rises. Now, as I said, if you do not do the distillation, it is called fermented beverages. And if we do the distillation, it is called distilled beverages. Now talking about fermented beverages, we have beer. And that's why you can get to understand that why the alcohol percentages in beer is on the lower side. Similarly with cider or similarly with wine and meat all these are varieties of the fermented alcohol now if you talk about distilled alcohol it is basically divided into two one is liquor that is that is spelled as l-i-q-u-o-r and one is liqueur liqueur is basically l-i-q-u-e-u-r so these are the two kinds of distilled beverages now if we if we let's say if we want to get into Uh, The actual stuff, that is basically what we refer to as alcohol or the hard drinks, also known as the spirits. So, we will talk about, majorly about uh, liquor. And talking about liquor, there are a variety of liquors, for example, whiskey. Then we have vodka, we have tequila, we have brandy, and we have gin. And now I'll I'll tell a little bit about all of these. So, they are basically, uh, these are different names, and these names basically are, uh, let's say, decided on what is their main ingredient and where they come from. So, for example, whiskey is the most popular liquor. And then you have variations in that. For example, there will be a bourbon whiskey or American whiskey. Then we have Irish, Scotch, Canadian, Japanese. And if you talk about whiskies, they are basically made from grain. Uh, grain, let's say, corn, rye, barley. Vodka, on the other hand, can be made from anything, but the major ingredient is potato or grain. Right? And tequila is a spirit that is made in Jalisco from the agave plant. Now, you have to understand a very basic difference. So, suppose you have a fermented uh, beverage like a beer, and once you distill it, the concentration of alcohol goes up. Right? So, this becomes a liquor. For example, if you talk about what is the difference between uh, let's say beer and wine is that wine is fermented from grapes from fruits and uh, the beer is fermented from uh, the grains now if you talk about let's say wine so if you, if we talk about wine and the concentration of uh, alcohol in wine would be around 10 to 14% now if you if you make this wine if you increase the concentration of alcohol in the wine it basically becomes a brandy
0: that's and, interesting that's interesting yeah. so,
1: so uh, to uh
0: understand it uh in 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 a couple of sentences uh is it that when you distill beer it becomes whiskey and when you distill let's say uh wine wine, wine. it becomes either brandy or vodka is that what it is
1: not not vodka but yes if you distill basically beer it becomes a whiskey and kind of if you distill uh, wine it becomes brandy mm-hmm. not really vodka vodka is a little different okay. and if you talk about if you talk about brandy if you brand, if you make that brandy in the cognac region of France then it is known as a cognac mm-hmm. and if we if we talk about wine so NNF wine if you carbonate it just like we have our coatings
2: mm-hmm. if you
1: carbonate it add CO2 in it then it becomes a sparkling wine And if that sparkling wine is made in the Champagne region of France, it is called Champagne.
0: And then it becomes too costly for us to afford. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So this is one thing. And if we we go back again to whiskey, then depending on their origins, we have already classified them into Irish, Scotch, American or Canadian, Japanese. Mm -hmm. And these are the whiskeys that would be probably made there. Now, major difference between vodka and whiskey would be one thing is grains. So whiskey is primarily made (laughs) out of grains. And vodka would be primarily made out of potato. The major difference comes here is that whiskey needs to, usually it is aged. At least for two to three years, whiskey is aged. And vodka, there is no assets specification and they aren't usually aged. And uh, vodkas are more popular for cocktails than whiskeys.
0: Just a small question here, uh, Shatran. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, So you said that, uh, you know, uh the major ingredient in case of uh vodka is basically potato and in, in case of whiskey it's grains. yeah so um and you said that uh both of these are basically made by distilling beer so is it the kind case of,
1: that yeah.
0: uh you know you have potato beer also because that's something that i've never heard of
1: no i i'm i've also not heard of this potato beer but uh Maybe, you know, maybe in future we might have something, but you can say that beer is probably uh, more made from, like it's largely popular with grains.
2: Okay. So from once
1: okay. when, when we ferment grains, we get beer.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: not actually, you can just to, just for an simplification, you can understand that, okay, once we distill beer, we get whiskey.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And once we distill wine, we get brandy. Yeah. But you cannot exactly correlate that, okay, this uh, vodka comes from directly from a certain kind of beer agreed Hmm. so so we can talk about something let's say let's say why do whiskies or something is so much popular or so expensive
0: yeah yeah so that yeah another question of mine that you know what Mm -hmm. sets uh jack daniels apart from let's say a signature or a Royal
2: tag mm-hmm.
1: is it? Yeah? Yeah. So uh, so if we talk about let's say Jack Daniels process,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so so it's an interesting process in the sense that it is made it is made in the Tennessee state of USA.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So just to simplify that every whiskey that comes from USA it's also called American whiskey or more importantly, Bourbon whiskey. And if that whiskey is made in the Tennessee state of USA, then we will call it as a Tennessee whiskey.
0: And if I'm not
1: wrong, Tennessee is also a dry state, is it? Not dry state. If we if we basically look into uh, the Tennessee, uh, there is a county in the Tennessee state that is called a Moore County, mm-hmm. and there is the that is a dry county, and Jack Daniels is manufactured there.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yes. So you cannot, basically the product is not available for purchases at stores or restaurants within that county. Okay. So, yeah. So this is one thing interesting. So if we talk about uh, the actual place of Jack Daniel's distillery is Lynchburg in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and it's around 145 years old. So the next time you drink a Jack Daniel's, the only place it is coming out is from Lynchburg in USA. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: No other place is making it. So primarily, this is one thing that makes it expensive is number one, its location. It is exclusively made there. Mm -hmm. And second thing is the process. So to be, to, to simplify the process, uh, every whiskey goes through a aging process. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So in aging processes, once distillation is done, the whiskey is poured into barrels and this barrel is kept for aging for around four to seven years. Mm-hmm. Now you can, now, now, now being an MBA, we can obviously understand the cost of inventory and since alcohol also evaporates. So something that evaporates, so if you had hundred liters at year one, you probably will have only 70 liters or 80 liters at year five. Hmm. And so this portion that evaporates is popularly called as angel's share that angel has drank that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. That's interesting.
1: Yes, yeah, so so this is one cost that makes it expensive. So the longer you age, mm-hmm. the longer is the inventory cost, longer is the maintenance cost, and also the larger will be the angel's share.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and the interesting thing about the cu- barrels that in which Jack Daniels puts his whiskeys, these are handcrafted, and these are made from oak tree, and they cannot be reused. Mm-hmm. So once you make a barrel and you have put in whiskey, and after four or five years, you take out the whiskey, you cannot reuse these casks.
2: Right.
1: So, so typically these casks are sold to other uh, companies that make alcohol in which there is a special requirement that, okay, we only need second hand uh, barrels or like that. Mm-hmm. So one important thing is it's handcrafted. It's made every time. And the inner uh, walls of the barrel, they have to be charred. They have to be heated up so that they become charred and then they can give a smoky flavor. And that is why that you get a certain uh, sort of flavor when you uh, age it for four to five years. Mm -hmm. Now moving on, one very most important thing in a Tennessee whiskey is, or let's say by law, by law, any whiskey that is made in America, be it bourbon or be it Tennessee, the raw materials around 51%, more than 51% should consist of corn. Mm-hmm. and this is not something that it is the it is in the hands of the company it can decide it's a law that states that any whiskey that is a bourbon whiskey or tennessee whiskey needs to have 51 percent corn and this probably some something has to do with the huge level of productions of corn that the americans have right Right. and so so what happens is once you have a, a certain degree of corn it is mixed with rye and all these grains and then it is fermented and then it is Then, once it is fermented and then distilled, it has to pass through a very, that is a very unique process to Tennessee whiskey that is called a Lincoln County process, Mm -hmm. or it is also known as mellowing. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: In simple terms, this uh, liquid is passed through a 10 feet layer of powdered charcoal. And once it is done, it takes around a week to get distilled. And since it passes through a... uh, 10 feet layer of chow- uh, powdered charcoal, it gets a distinctive charcoal flavor. And then only it is put into barrels that are also charged, charred and it is put in for 4 to 7 years or more than that even. So so this is an interesting thing, the charcoal process. This does not happen with other American or bourbon whiskeys. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of the more interesting things about it is that this powdered charcoal is made from only sugar maple tree. So in the distillery itself, they have the piles of sugar maple tree wood and then they pour their own Jack Daniel on the woods and then they put the fire on it. So they are not using any other chemical. They are basically using their own produced alcohol to burn the sugar maple tree. And as a result of it, they get the charcoal. So charcoal is also manufactured there. Now, if you look uh, at one another interesting aspect of Jack Daniels is that the water that they use in all, all of this fermentation process it comes from a cave that is nearby and this cave is uh, a limestone cave so the water here is iron free and it is and it does a very good uh, level of uh, let's say fermentation so so to be sim- to simply put all these processes add to the value of Jack Daniels. And that's why it's an expensive drink. And Old number 7 is one of their most famous drinks that we have.
0: Right. So one more complexity that uh, probably adds to the cost is the fact that, you know, if you want to sell that particular bottle of 12-year-old whiskey mm-hmm. in 2020, you might have to plan for it probably yes. in uh, 2000 yes. because you have to start your procurement and you have to start your uh, correct processes.
1: Accordingly, right? Yeah. So, so the important thing is when we talk about, let's say we have a 12 year whiskey. Now, if it is a, let's say a blended whiskey that it is made from different components coming from different distilleries. So one thing is each distillery will have a distinctive characteristic. So if the output is coming from five, six distilleries and then you mix them. So to say, when we blend them, we get a blended whiskey. But if we have uh, the alcohol coming from only just one distillery, then it is uh, popularly called single malt whiskey. We can call it in loose terms. So this is the difference between single and blended. Now the point is, when we say it is a 12-year-old whiskey, it means that the youngest component is 12-year-old. So when we talk about, uh, let's say, there's Johnny Walker Black Label, it's 12-year-old, we're not talking about the oldest component. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: The youngest component is 12 years old.
0: That's interesting.
1: That's interesting. So, and we have uh, whiskies that are aged at 30 years, 40 years, 60 years, or even higher than that. So this is also this, as you rightly mentioned, it creates a forecasting problem. So what is happening is uh, it has taken a, uh, the alcohol industry has taken a different turn. So in 2020, let's say the whiskey consumption has risen, and because of this fact, uh, these uh, manufacturers are short on stock. They do not have so many stocks because they did, could not anticipate the planning back in year 2000, mm-hmm. and so now many firms are creating uh, what you call NAS whiskies. NAS means no age statement. Okay. So people who are fond of whiskey and like who like who are emotionally attached to the whiskey industry, they say this is a kind of a scam, and they said <laughs> they, it will dilute the value of alcohol because. Mm-hmm. Because people value alcohol by how, how much it has been aged. Mm-hmm. So when you are bringing out alcohol that has no age statement on it, you are ba- you are basically undermining the industry the industry you are a part of. Basically. So there's a debate also going on that should we uh, should non age statement whiskies be allowed, or will the whisky uh, lose its value if no age statement whiskies come? On the other hand, the people who support NS they say that we can bring in new flavors and we can keep up with the market demand and all these so this is also there so, uh, so that's how they're that, keeping it with demand by, uh, like if they're falling short on supply that's how they're keeping up with the demand by bringing in knowledge statement whiskeys
0: so now that uh, you brought up the topic of the people who are connoisseur of whiskey there's something mm-hmm. that these people also consider while buying a whiskey they they do look at the name of the master distiller. A master distiller to a distillery. If I understand it correctly, is what Dalai Lama is to Tibet. Is that correct? Can you yes, help yes, us yes, understand? You can,
1: yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can say. So, master, if you talk about let's say Jack Daniels, then probably they would have only they are in existence for one forty-five years,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and probably they will have only all this time. Probably I guess, ten ten master distillers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and so one master distiller is such an important resource that the company will keep him for around 10 to 15 years or maybe even 20 years. Okay. And his idea is to basically oversee, to create new flavors, mix alcohol from different barrels, mix alcohol from different distilleries, and continue to keep creating that consistency. At mm-hmm. the same time, also look at uh, uh, you know creating new flavors. And delivering on the existing business. So one challenge I can uh, sh- show you is, I can illustrate is, for example, if you're creating a whiskey that, is, that will be aged for 65 years, mm-hmm. right? Now, here the master distiller has to do something and he has to also select his successor right. or probably guide his people in such a way that after 65 years, these people know that the whiskey is now ready and it can be taken out of the barrel.
0: And it tastes similar to the whiskey that it tasted 65 years back. Is that correct?
1: Yes, probably. No, Uh, for example, if you're creating a new flavor Mm -hmm. and you say that I will create a flavor that will be 65 years old whiskey. Now you'll you'll put the whiskey in the barrel and you'll wait for 65 years. Mm -hmm. But the distiller may not live. Right, right. So he has to ensure that the successor or whoever will take the charge, he's responsible enough and he has the right skills to identify whether the whiskey is ready by year 65 or not.
0: Whether it is meeting the expectation that he has. Yes, whether that. it is
1: meeting the expectations or not, when to, or uh, does he need to do some extra kind of processing,
2: mm-hmm. and all
1: these stuff. So it is just like, as you rightly mentioned, Dalai Lama, if he wants to keep uh, with the Tibet, then he has to identify the successes. Right,
2: right.
1: So this is, uh, this is uh, that's why it is important. And and you will, in many of the bottles, you will find the signature of the oh. master distiller himself
0: right right and and if i'm not wrong the master distiller has to go through the cleansing of uh taste buds as well before he can validate a certain whiskey to be okay yes the yes taste yes of. yes
1: yes so they're basically there all these senses
2: mm-hmm.
1: of the no smell and even the taste bud smell they have to be absolutely bang on and
2: right.
1: that is what they are basically paid for their sense of taste and smell yeah
0: right right So, uh, moving on, Shatranjay, I think we covered a lot of ground on manufacturing and what creates a whiskey, what makes a whiskey costlier against Mm -hmm. the cheaper whiskey. Uh, Mm -hmm. Why do you think was it important for Indian states to start selling whiskey at such a time when when things are already in chaos? What is your opinion on whether it is a right move or state could have waited? Okay.
1: Uh, So, uh if I talk about a little about socially, so we always say that we are against alcohol. Yeah. Now, the, now the thing that we need to remember is that excess of anything is bad. Hmm. So even if your kid is eating lots of chocolate or he's eating a lot of dessert or drinking soda, then he's equally harming himself. Yeah. So if we, if we look at the health concern, if, if people drink it moderately, let's say once a month and in also in low quantities, I don't think it will create any problem right and uh, basically uh, promoting all these like we are socially against alcohol but if we look the, these fast food and all these items are equally harmful and they are equally harmful in the long run right. we have uh, we have deaths from diabetes as well as cholesterol also heart attack also mm-hmm. so this is one thing that uh, it's a some sort of hypocrisy also there right. and now moving on uh, for that we will have to basically understand what is india
2: mm-hmm.
1: So why states opened uh, alcohol for alcohol shops? For that, we have to understand what is India. And India is basically a federal structure. To simplify for people who do not read constitution or some, uh, federal structure means that we will have a central government and we will have a state government. Mm. And both of these governments will drive their power from the constitution. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, there will be certain subjects that uh, the state government is allowed to make laws on. And then there will be cer- certain subjects that the central government is allowed to make laws on, mm-hmm. right? And and one important thing that we need to understand is that even at an individual level, or even at the institutional level or organizational level, uh, one thing that determines autonomy or freedom is your financial independence, right? Right. And when on July uh, 2017, uh, when uh, GST came in, mm-hmm. we some we in some way give up our Uh, the states gave up their financial independence. Now, prior to GST, we had sales tax, we had all different kinds of taxes, and these were levied on all the goods that are sold in a state, and they were collected by the state government. So prior to 2017, if some uh, disaster came, then that particular state, which is affected by the disaster, can raise the sales taxes to meet for the expenditure of the disaster.
2: Mm.
1: Now, after GST all of the taxes that is collected, it is directly collected by the center and then it is redistributed to the states. So basically, it's, it's some sort of that states cannot directly collect taxes. So okay. this creates a problem. They do not have much of financial independence. Mm-hmm. But uh, interestingly, th- uh, there were four or five areas that were left out of the gambit of the GST. Uh, these were the alcohol tax, the mm-hmm. land tax, the vehicle registration tax, and Petrol, and petrol, yes. Yeah. So these are the four items that were that were left. Now, because of the lockdown, alcohol shops were shut. People were not travelling, so uh, they could not use petrol. So petrol tax was not uh, getting to the states.
2: For, Similarly, uh, land for,
1: registration and vehicle registrations.
0: Right. For for the listeners who are uh, not aware, basically, uh, the GST income directly goes to center these days, against going to states earlier and yeah. that's the major change that has uh been there after gst regime. uh please yeah. continue Shatmanji.
1: yeah yeah so now all the four sources of revenue uh of the tax revenue that were still yeah. under under the ta- uh, state government now they were not uh bringing any revenue because of the lockdown and suddenly we find is that the state's governments are cash trapped so one example that i can quote is of delhi Usually, in April, the government collects around 3,000 crores at tax revenues. Mm. But this year, they only collected 300 crores. Right. And with 300 crores, they cannot do much. They cannot even pay the salaries of the, uh, the state employees. Right. right. And uh, because of lockdown, uh, these four sources were not giving any revenue. So now, this essentially places the central government... It creates a certain sort of power imbalance. Now, if central government can hold on to your funds or may do delayed dispersals. So this thing creates a little problem for the state governments to function with uh, with less autonomy. So right. this creates a problem and faced with this, if they were in the earlier case, pre GST, they would have simply raised the sales taxes on 10 different other items. And, right. Right, and they would have got the revenue that they required. Now, Since uh, sales tax is not in their uh, hands, only thing that they could do is collect revenues from alcohol. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that is one of the reasons that they had to open alcohol shops. And these revenues will be directly going to the state government and then they can use however they may deem fit.
0: Yeah, yeah. So these revenues that they earn from uh, probably sale of alcohol can be better used in uh, acquiring PPE kits Uh, and uh, setting up medical facilities.
2: Yes, so this yes.
0: was a necessary evil, in short. Yes, correct. So moving on, Shatranjai, uh, we are close to winding up the episode here. I would want you to recommend some of the... your, your personal favorite spirits for our listeners and what makes them stand out for you. What are uh, mm-hmm. some of your favorites which you have in your collection or would want to add to your collection and what makes them special? Yeah,
1: so... Uh... Uh, so I'll I'll talk about one would be a non-age statement one. It has been awarded the trendiest whiskey mm-hmm. or the trendiest uh, triple malt, you can say. So that would be Monkey Shoulder. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you you can see that it's basically a triple malt. So mm-hmm. it is basically uh, made by mixing three uh, three sources. And interestingly, on the bottle you will f- also find three monkeys uh, as part of the logo. Mm. So there are three monkeys that are put on the logo. So one that you can try is Monkey Shoulder. It's a triple malt. Mm-hmm. Then I would say that Shivas Regal, 18 years. It's a little on the expensive side, but I would say it's a, it has a very good taste. Mm-hmm. And then you can try something, uh, I would say Glenlivet.
2: Mm.
1: Glenlivet you can try. So this would be a single malt, a triple malt, and a blended whiskey that you can try. These would be my suggestions.
2: Right.
1: Right,
0: and 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 what what really sets uh, this particular, I think, if I'm not sure, there's something called a black pearl that is being stored at Hotel Lalith in Delhi. I mean, what? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, so there is uh, basically uh, by the house of Remy Martin, there is a cognac. Yeah, that is known as Louis Thirteen. Hmm. Hmm. So Louis Thirteen, you can see that the final blend is approximately composed of 1,200 individual elements.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can say if if uh, if I have a bottle that is around 700 ml bottle, mm-hmm. and you can say it is made up of uh, 1,200 individual items.
0: Right.
1: So then not even one item has one ml equivalent. <laughs> right,
0: right. That right, right. So
1: this is the complexity, and these items are ranged from at least 50 years to 100 years in age. mm mm-hmm. Right, so you can imagine that one component might be uh, aging 100 years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you're drinking in 2020, you, it takes back you to 1920.
0: Right, right,
1: right. So th- this is a Louis uh, thirteen we call, and Louis thirteen Black Pearl is a special edition of it. And the basic idea is that uh, it, only 50 bottles are made, right. and only one bottle probably we have it in, in India, and that is in, uh, in the uh, Leela. Probably yeah. Yeah, in Delhi, and uh, the the cost is around the bottle will cost around 15 lakhs, and probably one peg uh, or that is what we call this standard measure is 30 ml. Yeah, they're yeah. giving it for 1.5 lakhs plus Texas
0: That's interesting. So that's another yeah. thing for the listeners to try if they feel like spending their fortune on something which is actually yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right, Chaturonje. Thank you so much for uh, for being a part of the show.
1: Uh, thank you, Kana, for having me here. Yeah thanks have a good day okay okay bye